This is the fear of science. Hello again and welcome to The Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show is brand new and features a different science fear, with special guests and more surprises and discoveries along the way. I'm Daniel Chai, your co-host of The Fear of Science, and with me as always is... I'm Jeff Porter. And we're very excited to have join us in studio today two new guests to talk about today's subject, which is the fear of robotics. Uh, who do we have here in the beautiful studio of Vancouver Public Library, Vancouver, British Columbia? Uh, my name is Nick Bamington. I'm a futurist. I, I travel the world and I speak to tens of thousands of people every year face to face at conferences, millions of people through TV and radio and talk about the possible future that we have ahead of us using exponential technologies and how culture will transform. Nice. I'm Michael Unger. I'm the program coordinator at the HR McMillan Space Center uh, here in Vancouver. I'm also the co-boss of Nerd Night Vancouver, which Nick Badminton has been a host uh, two times. And uh, I think I'm here because I, I'm a pretty big nerd about robots. I grew up in the age of C-3PO, R2-D2, uh, Transformers, data from Star Trek. I love robots. I think uh, I'm definitely not afraid of them, if that's your question, but uh, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, so to speak. Great. Uh, well, you know, let's dive right into it. Uh, Michael, you say you are you love robots. Do do robots love us? Oh. <laughs> are they are they capable of love? Are we? Uh, uh, I feel that's a bigger topic that maybe we'll dive into <laughs> later. Um, but is anyone? Uh, so, Michael, you say you're not afraid of robots. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, your your feelings about robots. Uh, what about uh, our other guests uh, and yourself, Jeff? Are are we afraid of robots? Is anyone here afraid of robots? Uh, well, Nick, are you afraid? So it depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about science fiction stories, when uh, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger turns around the corner and starts annihilating people called John Connor, then, you know, obviously that kind of science fiction fear sort of creeps in. In terms of a real-life uh, application of robotics, um, I, don't th I don't think I'm scared of these, the, these ro robots. Uh, and I think, I think fundamentally we need to understand what a robot is. A, a robot is something that can perform a task that a human would normally do. So, for example, a Roomba will vacuum your apartment without human interaction needed, right? We might we we might move it around from place to place and room to room, but most most of the time it can do whatever. All the way through to like the uh, Boston Dynamics Atlas robot that can literally run, jump, do backflips and and you know, open doors or whatever. You know, that again it's just um, replicating what a human can do algorithmically. Uh, the, the the word robot comes from Eastern Europe. I think it's is it Polish or Czechoslovakian, and it literally translates to mean the word slave. So so a, a robot is just literally something that will do our bidding for us. And how can you be scared of that? True. I I think uh, for me, I have a partial fear of robots. I think out of all the episodes we've done, and probably the ones we're we're gonna end up doing. Uh, I think robots is probably my biggest fear, but I think it's mainly the sci-fi robot. It's the idea of the Terminator, the Cylons, the, you know, HAL. It's it's those kind of robots that end up killing. But I think that's more, I have a fear of being killed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
I can't really put it too much on the robot. Like we were talking slightly before the show started, it's not that I am afraid of the robot itself because the robot's going to do what we program it to do. But you you pull in that artificial intelligence part of it, um, and you put that artificial intelligence into the skeleton of a robot. Uh, then I think the the fear comes out a little bit more. So what you're saying then is that your fear comes from being afraid of something without a consciousness that is going to kill you and it's not going to feel guilty about killing you. It's just doing a thing and it's not going to care if it shoots you or if you get your arm caught in this wheel because it has been programmed to do something. Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Terminator is going back in time. It's just doing what he's been told. I mean, you know, this is this is where we need another definition of artificial intelligence. Again, artificial intelligence is the ability to process more da- to process data, large amounts of data, run machine learning algorithms against it, and then predict next best actions. Ultimately, now what we're talking about is a difference between you know an artificial intelligence system being able to outplay a human at chess or the game of Go versus the ability to have sentience and ability to, to reason itself from a philosophical um, perspective on, on a certain potential life goal that it has, um, to have wisdom, to be able to undertake a million different tasks, you know, to be a sensory being just like we are as a human. And we're not there, and we're not going to be there for a long, long time. So if I would just have a follow-up on that as well. So thinking of these AI consciousness and giving it a bunch of logical... Uh, systems process to make decisions and then at some point through those logical deductions the AI may then realize that what we humans are doing is illogical and will then impede us on the things that we may be doing as humans to the point perhaps even to harm us in some way is that possible no uh, I mean, like, it, it, I mean, the, again, we're talking about a conscious decision outside of a realm of what has been taught or allowed to do, right? And and you know, do we, people are trying to teach computers how to dream using artificial intelligence? They're trying to um, teach them to to write um, unique songs and to write unique film scripts, and they do a pretty terrible job of all these things right now. I mean, programmatical. Um, activities it's actually pretty good at i mean it's still terrible at driving a car you know it's a very complicated thing if you think about driving a car for example you're 16 or 17 and you go and you uh, you take you have some lessons uh, you pass your driving test you're given a one and a half ton vehicle and you don't die mm-hmm. right right now we've got cars like waymo or whatever from google that have been driving for over two million miles and they still can't do what that 17 year old can do straight off the bat after five lessons and and having their their, their sensory uh, system in place and their consciousness and their, their 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 knowledge of ethics and the right thing to do not to do their 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 air of caution and whatever you know to be able to encapsulate that encode that and to be able to train that into a system or a robot you just can't do it today, and people are trying to trying to make that happen. And some people call it artificial general intelligence. We are a long, 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 long way away from that. Right. Yeah. True. But but who knows, right? Who knows if there's going to be something discovered that could move that a lot more forward? Like if you were to talk to people around the time that computers were being invented, they wouldn't think we would have a cell phone in our pocket and right. have that kind of computing power. So what if 
in the not too distant future is just a technology we can't even fathom. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw something else out uh, yeah. for discussion that perhaps there are some people in society that may be afraid of robots for instance people that are say stuck in a certain industry and or a certain way of life um, that should be taken over by robotic technology True. and if that does happen and that is happening right currently now and if there are certain governments um, that are trying to protect a certain people you're seeing it in the states a lot right now again they're they're holding back on technology uh, advancing because they're trying to protect people in certain industries um, so you are actually kind of seeing some people in society that are afraid of robots they're afraid of of of, uh, of industry essentially right. mm -hmm. well uh, uh, I read an article yesterday that was talking about uh, self-checkouts at grocery stores yeah. very uh you know i guess a, a lower level robotic per se where it's uh, uh where people can go in and check their groceries all by themselves and this article was basically saying that uh, self-checkouts at grocery stores is is uh not really helping anyone and that when people go to a store, they actually want that human experience and they want that human interaction. And for myself included, if I'm at a store that there's a self-checkout, it takes about the same amount of time to wait in line and check out my own stuff versus waiting in line and going through a, a regular cashier. So I, I, I think this is a normalization to a system that's been sort of inferred onto humans. I mean, a grocery store had no meaning in the 16th century. It was a human interaction of buying some fruit from you or mm -hmm. or like a gourd from you, right? So we, we're getting to a point. I that that whole it's it's kind of a misnomer to, to talk about that as mm. as an example. I don't think that sure. self checkouts is robotic, but one one thing that is, Amazon Go is yes. a store that uses hundreds of cameras in the roof that uses artificial intelligence to, to read your face, use uh, pressure sensors, RFID, artificial intelligence, learning, you know, everything around in um, stock inventory. Um, sort of optimization and whatever and you can literally walk out without having to interact with anyone it's actually really interesting there there's been uh there was there's a couple of articles that are actually out there saying that it's missing the point on certain things like we do need help packing some of our bags and we do need help to our car and humans still need to be part of that system i don't think humans need to be at checkouts i don't think humans need to be flipping burgers and i don't think human needs needs to be saying do you want fries with that you know these, these are the occupations the low level algorithmic tasks step one step two step three that will be absolutely destroyed i mean there's a lot of hyperbole uh, hyperbole sorry around um around the loss of jobs like McKinsey have got a study 800 million jobs worldwide well I call bullshit on so much of this because there's there's this overarching fear that this technology is fundamentally gonna upend the entire in industry that we've got happening today where fundamentally it's 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 been proven that it's not the technology that comes in and disrupts the industries it's the humans changing the business model and making decisions mm -hmm. about humans role and responsibility in that mm -hmm. i'm going to give you one more example and then i'll, I'll sort okay. of pass it over so everyone talks about the luddites 
right? Mm-hmm. The yes. Luddites, you know, here's, here's the narrative. Luddites come into the factory, they smash up the, you know, the, the weaving machines, the spinning jennies, and like, we don't want these. Well, that's not strictly true. The Luddites were actually a, a movement of people that cared about workers' rights. And, and the reason they smashed up these machines were that, that for months and months, they were trying to work with the people that ran the factories to maintain human rights in the face of, of technology that's right. changing. The people that were running the factories were saying, screw you guys, you've got no rights. You're just out of the way. You've got no right to this. You've got no right to that. So <laughs> it's one example of back in the beginnings of the Industrial Revolution, you know, you couldn't call a spinning jenny a robot, but it could do algorithmic tasks of a weaver. So maybe that's an early stage, you know, robotic device uh, per se. You can't program it, but you can you can certainly get it to do certain things algorithmically. We we then then it comes comes down to a human and the machine, and humans are jerks in a lot of cases, right? <laughs> So what what we're seeing then is that at the same time we're seeing technology advancing and perhaps uh, really advancing culture and society in a way that's be able to like uh, help us in a way that we don't have to do this grunt work. Our human bodies mm. are meant to be doing this kind of work. Robots can do it way better than humans can. Great. But then at the same time, you have this sort of free enterprise culture where companies are then taking advantage of that. And there is the infrastructure in our society is not in place so that uh, young people, unskilled people that don't have the proper uh, training um, to get to like another level uh, in terms of like an income. We don't have anything like a, like a basic income set up um, so that these people can then enter the job force without going through like years of university uh, that we're sort of like forcing them through in order to get any of the jobs that are available. So it's, there's sort of like this push and pull Like we need some maybe some governmental controls to sort of help society as um, technology enters into our society. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually kind of brings up a point that I was going to uh, talk about as well, is that um, if, if we talk about robots, uh, and take the artificial intelligence out of the equation. Let's assume we're just talking about the shell. Um, it's not necessarily the, the robots itself that, that are scary. It's the people that control those robots on the other end that are scary. The Dr. Evils of the world um, that I think is where some of my fear comes in and from robots as well. Yeah, I mean, there's intent. What's the intent behind anything that you do? And ultimately, there, there's a human intent behind any activity that we do in the world it's like the intent of me making you all you know a really lovely meal or the ah. intent of putting poison in said meal as well right <laughs> um because i don't want you to you know have a great time for the next month uh so so it all, all comes down to i had a job interview 23 years ago when i graduated i did applied psychology computing i was pretty good at, uh, at programming whatever and it was to to program artificial intelligence systems early day systems using lisp and whatever for polaris missiles tracking mm. and i i wouldn't do it because i didn't want to use my skills to help tracking systems of missiles that are fundamentally targeting other humans right? right that are in the way of you know the bases that were being targeted and whatever and i think this is it's a it's a debate on ethics and boundaries of responsibility i mean there's there's a campaign against killer robots out of europe and that's a glo- you know it's got a global focus that that's getting a lot of people like the un's paying very close attention to you know who makes the kill shot mm-hmm. in a drone kill 
right? They don't want that to be away from a human. In fact, they want humans to be respectful of human life and probably just have surveillance rather than actual killing of people on the ground, right? Right. But I think for for every person like you that actually has the morality to say, no, I'm not going to do that programming, there's going to be another person behind you saying, I don't care. I'll do it. I feel uh, uh, at least once an episode, Jeff, uh, it gets to the point where I'm like, ah, yes, it's not necessarily fear of robots. It's fear of humans. Yeah. <laughs> Very much uh, fear of what other humans uh, can do with all of these other fears that we're... Our final episode will just be called Fear of Humans, and we'll just do a recap of every mm-hmm. yeah. single episode. So if I was to add another fear here to this episode, then it's really the fear of some catastrophe happening that involves robotics that is going to cause a reactionary human uh, bunch of legislation, a bunch of law that is going to hinder us because there's going to be this there's going to be an event or something something's going to happen like one of these self-driving cars is going to drive into a, a school or something and then there's going to be a bunch of reactionary stuff and a bunch of mm. humans are going to get involved they don't understand the technology they don't understand sort of like the uh, the ramifications of what's happening and where society is going big picture that's perhaps a real fear there yeah and that and stupid people yeah. <laughs> because like I work in tech, and and it's, it just still blows my mind how dumb people can be about technology. And the fact that there's I don't want to name names, but there's a certain person who's a president right now, uh, who is a total idiot, um, and in theory could have his finger on a button that could do a lot of destruction. I mean, uh, yeah, I think in that case we're underestimating his intelligence, but like he just it, it just doesn't align with anyone that's completely sane in the world. I mean, if you look at the the Zuckerberg Senate hearings, right? Mm. It's quite clear that the people in charge of the country debating policy and reform don't fundamentally understand the basics of something like the internet now that's 99 percent of people there's the one percent that really gets it i mean i I think i was was chatting to someone there saying you know obama didn't like address this and think about this or whatever it's like there's actually there was actually a hot there was a wired article that he chatted to joy ito from mit in depth for hours on artificial intelligence and, and its ramifications. There's a, there was actually a report by the Obama administration on the impact on the future of work and automation in depth, right? You know, we, there, there were people and there are people that, that do care and, and do get it. I mean, th- these policy and legislation, I think the old white guys are going to try and stop these things because fundamentally they've got stock in the companies that are going to be disrupted. Right. I always say this, um, change is inevitable. You either change or change happens to you. And this is what's happening wholesale to the entire US, Canadian, um, European, British economies. It's just like, they're, not, they're no longer the power brokers. The power brokers are big tech, the people that, that use and utilize data. It's just that government's so slow to get on that game that all they can do is throw, you know, subpoenas and, and you know, shutter doors and antitrust and anti-monopoly legislation at these companies that are fundamentally just going to be become more and more powerful. And hey, may, and robotic in their very nature of working, right? So what, what I, w- I think I'd like to see then is putting people in office because we do have these governments that we do need them to uh, create some legislation around uh, these very uh, developing uh, sectors of our society. But we're seeing a lot of 
unscientific leaders that don't understand uh, the technology. So you have on, on one side, you have people like just getting right into the industry and like developing the industry and all of our smartest people on this planet right now are just they're in it. They're doing all of the stuff. And then we have all these these people in government that they will, they're all lawyers, essentially. Mm. We don't hire uh, like a scientist or somebody else from another field to be our leader. They just they they argue really well, they present really well, but they don't actually understand um, like technology uh, and uh, and culture as it is now. Maybe that's why all of the all of the smart people, the rocket scientists, are literally building rockets to go to the moon and to Mars to get away from <laughs> from Earth. So uh, maybe they're like, you know what? Yeah, politics is politics. We will fly away. Yeah. I- I also find that to be completely ridiculous as well. One day. One day. You want to go and live on Mars? No. It sucks. Well, There'll probably be politicians on Mars too, though. <laughs> <laughs> that does sort of bring up, you know, uh, my my realm of expertise uh, working as an educator at the, at the Space Center because I, I truly uh, – I'm with you, Nick, actually – when it comes to human space exploration, there's uh, what I believe we need to, we need to keep uh, pushing our our limits. But what we're finding out right now is that our human bodies are not meant to be in space. Right. Robots can go into space, and if we really want to explore, we need to keep pushing out, and we can do that with robots. Mm. And if we want to explore like even other solar systems, you know, humans are never going to get out that far unless it's just it's just going to be way too hard but through robotic technology we can send um you know uh, artificial intelligence um out into the other solar system to actually start to doing some exploring and it'll be way more effective and uh and a lot cheaper than to be sending humans yeah and it's true like you know the fear of robotics is where you know it i don't think it's the fear of robotics it's the it's the faith that you have in robotics to make that happen. Embracing uh, the robotics. I, I want to say yes. a quote from, you probably know this, Michael, a quote from Edgar Mitchell, uh, one of the astronauts and the Apollo missions, right? And this is this is where it could be useful to get a robot to, to drag a human politician out to the moon, right? Um, you develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, international politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and 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 drag them a quarter of a million miles out and say, "Look at that, you son of a bitch!" You know, yeah. <laughs> and I I think that 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 shows like you know how 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 we're getting it wrong in the world in terms of like we've got all of this potential to go and get the bigger picture and to go and see the world at a macro level, and everyone's focused on cultivating the fear like the yeah. fear of robots to try and stop industry moving ahead so quickly in certain aspects. McDonald's within t- within I think within 5 years will be 100% automated no humans uh, apart from maybe some delivery coordination and and managers that manage several locations. 100% wow. robotic. I wonder if there will be surge pricing for McDonald's. <laughs> right at like <laughs> Friday uh, like Saturday mornings at 1 a.m. After the Friday night club crowd, it's like, oh, double cheeseburgers are $7 now, right? And then, uh, you know, at, at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday, oh, yeah, they're just No, no, gonna... no, no, they make them cheaper, so you buy four of them. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. right. If yeah. you think about it, right? <laughs> that kind of automation makes me very excited because 
uh, when Daniel was saying that you love this human interaction that mm. at the, the I checkout, do. Yeah. I can't stand it. <laughs> I am 100%. I'm the guy that's always in line at self-checkout <laughs> because then I can keep my headphones yeah. on and I don't have to talk to anybody. Um, and McDonald's, same way. I often go to McDonald's because I'm like, I could just use their automated system. I remember the first time that I went to McDonald's. It's a... Uh, uh, it was here in Vancouver on Grandview Highway, and I walked in, and, and it had those those self-ordering uh, menu, yeah, giant menus, them. and I was like, what? Because uh, I read about them earlier because they got test marketed elsewhere, but when I first saw them, I was like, okay, like – that for me was a in my own small in my own small beautiful innocent world. That was a, a turning point in where oh robotics and, and or self automate and automation was uh, coming for me in my life. <laughs> when uh, automation is coming for McDonald's, that is when the world has changed, my friend. But in a way, um, in theory, it could kind of help um, promote different industry because I don't want to say that that cashiering is an inferior job or anything like that. But, it is, though. But if you change... <laughs> we love all of our cashier <laughs> listeners. No, no, it's, I, like, I, I'll be honest. Like, If you are a cashier, get off your ass and go and do something else with your life. But you, the, what it could change, too, is that you can have... If, you, if McDonald's is now relying mainly on uh, people who work in IT or, or programmers to, to help with, with creating a McDonald's, and that's the kind of service people they have, People are going to be forced, in a way, to get into more of those industry rather than relying yeah. on cashiering. I, I don't see a, a single problem with that yeah. at all. I mean, you know, this this is a big problem. There, there's millions of people in labor jobs. If we, if it's actually the word robot again, it's actually check. I just looked this up. Um, it means forced labor. Ultimately, people that are working in service jobs are slaves to a particular. Um, boss that's getting them to do work they don't particularly want to do, right? Mm. So We've all we, been there. But if we can liberate, if we can, if it, you know, and I'm scared for those people, not of those people, because they're going to be stuck in that in that cycle, right? And I, I often get interviewed by the press, and they're like, oh, you come from some middle class, and you don't understand. It's like, I left school with nothing. I was a milkman. I used to I used to dig holes in the ground. My parents helped me get through college, and, and I was lucky that in, in the UK you got, you know, tuition paid and whatever. You still worked hard to get out of, out of you know, the basic jobs out there, right? And now I do what I do. But, uh, you, you know, getting getting these people out of these positions is something that I think is, is really strong. I mean, we going back to the industrial revolution we don't need humans to weave but these days it's interesting when we do have a human that does weave something it's got an inherent higher value because it's human made with, with people that work in mcdonald's that are just flipping burgers they go and they work in amazing restaurants or they open their own restaurant and they create an entirely human experience devoid of robotics Artisanal McDonald's. And it's beautiful. Sorry? Artisanal McDonald's. Do you know what? I actually, do you know, that's not a bad idea. Like, at the same, at, at that point where McDonald's becomes 100% automated, it be, then there, there's an offshoot of artisanal McDonald's. <laughs> well, what, yeah, what, what I would love to see is say, like, maybe McDonald's is the perfect uh, type of company to make, could be completely 100% automated. And then they would, they would probably would not do this, but I would love to see an artisanal McDonald's then uh, invest into perhaps artists. Uh, because the, you have these, right. these young people that would be like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to be a cashier anymore, but 
I'll, I'll, I'll work for the same amount of money and play guitar over in the corner or I'll DJ over in the corner. And then all of a sudden the McDonald's becomes like this, like good place to hang out because, yeah. um, the, these people are no longer having to like shell out, uh, flip burgers, but now they're, they're in the arts and they're helping us understand ourselves better because that's what humans do well is, uh, robots don't really understand arts that well. We've seen examples of, of, yeah. of, of, of bad, uh, robotic art, but humans, we understand humans. We know, uh, you know how to elicit emotions out of each other and, and through the arts is, is one way to do that hopefully you know we can find ways for our society to you know perhaps uh using technology helping robots to help us maybe shift back towards that uh place uh so uh, uh jumping over to another topic uh you know, with uh, a lot of pop culture, a lot of movies deals with with robotics, uh, and usually, again, with mostly to do with with fear of you know uh, Terminator, uh, Ex Machina, uh, Blade Runner, different uh, usually robots uh, that eventually kill us. Uh, is there you know uh, for for our guests, is there a reason why we humans we gravitate to stories that that are of robots being bad versus say uh, uh, I'm trying to think uh, is there a, a movie where robots are happy and joyful and everything works out great Bicentennial Man but he's not that happy at the end <laughs> yeah see exactly is Sh- there a- Short Circuit Johnny Five Short is Alive yeah. I just watched that last yeah. week it's one of my favorites <laughs> as well well I mean the I mean, like I cited, R2-D2 and C-3PO, I mean, they're not happy per se, but they're very... Definitely forced labor. <laughs> they're definitely forced labor, but, you know, they are very useful in that in that world. And, and right. I think you saw a lot of... Um, uh, there's been a lot of other uh, stories uh, about robots, mostly to do with how... Um, they're, they're going to affect our lives in, in a negative way because that makes for better drama. Right. You know, and and Asimov was the first one to kind of really bring this to the forefront of like of uh, when robots become part of our society, how are we going to create rules uh, around this? And if some of these rules start to get broken, how is right. that going to affect us in society? And that's just that's just inherently interesting. And that's what good science fiction uh, should do with robots. I want to interject and talk about fiction versus mundane life. <laughs> Every single story good story someone has to suffer or die because that's what makes a good story so for example indiana jones right um in indiana jones and the temple of doom he almost dies several times there's snakes there's arrows there's boulders there's there's every single thing sure at the end everything's like whoop holler yeah everything's great um but there's a letdown at the end our lives are mundane and normal and happy and sad and all the range of emotions. And that's why people don't make movies about me or any of you, <laughs> right? But that, so the stories True. about robots is the robot's going to come get you or the robot, we empathize with it and it's going to die. It's like mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg's AI, right. the, the, the boy, right. right, gets lost. I think he ends up at the bottom of the ocean for... Mm-hmm. A long, 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 long time, right? And it, it's 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 always the way. We were just talking about Hal from um, 2001 when he sings, you know, Daisy, Daisy, at the end of his, you know, quote, unquote, life. Because you empathize with right. that. But he's got to die. 
and it's just this is this is why we've got the fear of robots because we're scared of the stories but we're scared of dracula we're scared of frankenstein in fact you could say that frankenstein's a robot as well so uh so what what is then uh the next step if we were to uh uh, continue to embrace robotics, to continue to embrace change in in our lives and, and in the world and in society with robotics being a, a more integral part of, uh, of societies. And again, our lives, we have one in our pockets right now. Uh, what is, uh, uh, how can we, uh, what can we do, what should we do to uh, to embrace robotics more? Or, or is there anything that we shouldn't do? Well, as a, as as somebody who is l- working in an educational field, I always start there. I think like people like Nick, they go and do talks and educate people. I think that's what we need to be doing right now hmm. because um, because technology is ramping up, not just in robotics, but in so many other fields. And it's happening uh, because science happens, and the society needs to know about what's. What's what's going on? They need to understand the technology. I, f- I feel like that would be a great T-shirt. Just science happens. Science, yeah. it's 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 happening, yeah. and um, it, it's it's. I think it's for for your question was what should we do? Well, I think we need to educate people. Yeah. If if you understand the technology, educate people and do as much as you can because. Because, like I said, I actually have this fear of this, of you know, these idiot politicians that are going to um, get into our lives, and uh, the technology—they're not going to understand the technology, and um, it, they're going to impede, you know, actual progress. Yeah, I mean, when when I go and speak, I ask I ask a few questions and try and poll the audience a lot, and uh, and and one of the questions I do ask is like, who thinks that we're going to have robots in our homes? Who, who, or who's going to have a robot in our in your home within five years? And it's like lit. It's a majority of people in the audience. But I actually, I actually um, start off by starting to say, who's got an Amazon Alexa or a Google Home at home? Well, that that's that's the big brother or the big sister of your of your kids. Mm-hmm. When you see a six year old interacting with Amazon's Alexa, right? It's it's a surrogate for you as a parent. In fact, uh, Amazon have now got the Echo Dot for kids that teach your kids manners, and they're just trying to get the 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 adult, you know, rationalized adult out of the way, so that kids what? so that kids can be indoctrinated with the brand of Amazon, so that when they get a credit card at the age of eighteen, they're ready and primed. That's where we should uh, be that, primed. That, primed. <laughs> so this is where this is where we should actually be scared of robotics. Um, so artificial intelligence in Alexa, whilst it's not a robot undertaking algorithmic tasks of, of moving things around and physicality, it's undertaking algorithmic tasks around reasoning and, and, and call and response. That's where we should be actually scared, is that suddenly the big tech companies that are trying to liberate us and, and, and free us into this new world are fundamentally trying to condition us to just be robots in their world. So who's going to regulate that, though? That's that again. That right. gets back to the governments. Is that the governments are so uh, clueless as to what's going on? The technology companies are just like we're just going to we're doing this. We're going to do it. Right? We're making right. money off of it, and nobody's and until somebody stops us, we're going to continue to make money off it. And and it's all about like money. Like there's people that work for these companies, like you yeah. said, like you made a moral yeah. choice, Nick. You know because you didn't want to get into an industry, but you know these companies they do lots of things and. 
and some of it it could be we could construe as like it's good for our lives but some there's a moral yeah. ground or of ethics and that's where we need to that's where we need to decide uh and we need to i think empower our governments to 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 help us yeah right hold your breath right. hold, <laughs> while no, i'm hold, holding hold, hold your breath i'm going to say something now it's pretty wild so let's let's talk about power the power to change the power to develop the power to innovate the power to fundamentally turn culture in, in a direction if you look at apple amazon microsoft facebook uh, which is the other one myspace uh, no, <laughs> no 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 so uh, blah, blah, blah. alibaba no like so so actually like if you look at if you look at the most powerful companies in the world the top five so facebook apple amazon alphabet microsoft Right. Mm-hmm. Alphabet being the parent company of Google. Their, net, their, 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 their market cap, joint market cap, is about $4.7 trillion. That makes them, like the, I think, the fourth largest country in the world with a population of just under a million people. Now, good luck. Right. The, the fear of robots it's not the fear of robotics it's the it's the fear of the hive mind above the robotics right. governments good luck right. they're gonna be governments right. they will be mm-hmm. their right. own governments right and it's like uh but on the plus side uh instead of everybody having a passport we just have a facebook login button that just says do you accept facebook logging you into this different country yeah no problem yeah. Are you guys still on Facebook? Uh, somewhat. Just you, a reminder, yeah. you can find <laughs> Fear of Science on Facebook. <laughs> Follow us, be a fan. Well, you, I mean, the fear of robots, you should be you should be scared scared to death about that. Right. Right? Because yeah. robotically, it's <gasps> it's conditioning you and algorithmically it's telling you what you should like and how you should feel, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. That's, that's the difficult part, and that's the part that, yeah, freaks me out, but also in a way I want to be hopeful about it, is that somebody has to be at the top and in a way don't we want to trust those people at the top don't we want to say oh let's assume that that you know obviously apple's trying to make money but let's assume that they have their best intentions in mind they're not going to try to sell all that's right data and they and don't screw us over yeah um and let's assume all the other like that's the the deceit and the, the that's the part that I just wish that there could be some hope in that, in the entire thing. So some organizations do follow a better way of, of dealing with that. I mean, people like Apple are much better. Like, But it's a closed ecosystem. It uses its data to target its own people. It's the same with Amazon. Facebook, within 10 years, like Facebook's going to be having a huge problem. It's not been able to be anything but a social network that sells your data, and it won't be able to go any further. Every single kind of technology, whether it's e-commerce to gaming, I mean, VR, it's not it's not doing anything there. Hmm. Augmented reality is coming, but it, it fails at doing anything else. And, and yeah, it's a huge problem. Right. That's what I'm scared. I'm, I'm right. fundamentally scared of surveillance that, that comes from artificial intelligence and, and, and algorithms behind the scenes. That's, That's actually going to be our next episode. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, next episode. Come on back. The, uh, Bring me back. I got, like, I got claws for that. Uh, now, uh, uh, every episode we, we look online, uh, speaking of social media and speaking of uh, algorithms, we, we look up the hashtag of our fear. Uh, and this one is, of course, the hashtag fear of science. Jeff, what did you discover? So I did a, a search on it today, and one of the most interesting articles that came up 
is that uh, Japan has now given residency to a chatbot, and recently Saudi Arabia has given residency to a robot named Sophia. Um, so it's interesting now, kind of leads into what we were talking about before, that governments are starting to kind of jump on board of, of giving artif well, artificial intelligence and robots uh, actual precedence. The Saudi Arabia one makes me laugh because they've actually given a, a robot more rights than they've been giving females in yeah. that country. It's <laughs> Sometimes th these things are, 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 are crazy to me, but... Uh. What do you think, Nick? It's all public relations. I mean, it's bullshit. Like, let, let's be honest. That, that's pure country-level public relations. Sophia the Robot has been proven to be heavily scripted and not actually that <laughs> smart yet. The people behind it, Hanson Robotics, Ben Goetzel, who's one of the world's greatest thinkers about you know heading towards artificial general intelligence, are very open and clear that it's pretty, pretty stupid. As a robot, um, I don't know about the Japanese chatbot. I mean, you've got Xiao Ice in, in 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 China and whatever. It's it's all bullshit PR, you know. I I I, I and I think that that's hijacking our sensibilities to really you know see see things for what they are in this situation. It's completely true what you say about Saudi Arabia giving it you know you know, philosoph philosophically the more rights than, than a lot of women, right, in, in there. But it's a female representation of a robot, which has got another problem because a lot of people make chatbots and service robots female, thus subjugating, um, you know, who, who, who women are in the world and, and, and genders that are not, you know, white, middle-class white males. You know, they're they're completely subjugated, and it's a it's a problem. There's a, there's a gender problem in robotics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. The uh, issue uh, is that they <laughs> they gave a name to the to the robot. As soon as you name something, well, you got to give it a citizenship. Yeah, what's the, what 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 the Japanese robot or, or Sophia? Is that the Sophia is the other robot? Yeah, like and it made it in a, in a female image, right? right. The the Japanese um, chat robot does have a name. But I knew I would butcher the name, yeah. so I did not even write it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but to lead, to end on that really depressing note, <laughs> um, I'd like to thank both of you for being on the show. This thank you. Thank you. Discussion. Yeah. Um, and at the end of uh, every episode, um, we we do a little bit of a tagline. But this time, I thought I'd be I'd do it a little bit different. So I actually went to the internet and I found a um, a site called uh, Inspirobot. So I actually got our inspirational last quote from a bot. So this was made up totally randomly. Um, so as we always say here on The Fear of Science, step outside yourself, be human, try not to look up. And thank you for being here. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye.